Hey, Jeremy. Hi, Raphael. What's going on? I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I've been following you on Instagram on your journey, and then uh, you were stuck in Amsterdam for yeah, a day. That's how you can tell how tired I am, is how many times I post on Instagram. <laughs> it's like <laughs> per hour or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just traveling back. It was actually, I'm, I'm tired because I had a fantastic trip, but I, I think I like, it was so good that I didn't sleep at all. <laughs> so your trip was to Belgrade? I went to, I just got back from Hamburg, uh, Serbia, hey. yeah, Belgrade, um, and Amsterdam. And the Amsterdam part was a unplanned addition to the trip. Because you had a connecting flight in Amsterdam. Yeah, and my flight got like delayed by 13 hours in, in Amsterdam. So I thought, oh, well, I'm exhausted, but I mean, I'm not going to sit at the airport. I'm going to go into Amsterdam. And it was, and yeah. friends were there. I saw your good friend, Jan Robert, and we went to Upstream Gallery. And I hung out with this uh, with Daniel Temkin. I don't know if people know his work. He uh, he makes like fluxist programming artwork. Doesn't he live in New York? Yeah, but he was with me in Belgrade. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I always run into him. Didn't he make a sort of phone book out of IP addresses? That's right, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he was telling me that he, the only other trip he's taken this year is to Las Vegas. And I was like, what were you doing there? What art thing is in Las Vegas? And he said there was like a domain name conference. And Ooh. he did like a, he did a reading of domain names. That sounds there. cool. Yeah. He was the only artist there, of course. But uh, nice. I was like, in, ah. in, in Belgium, they have the CMS Awards. Oh, really? <laughs> Are you at the CMS Awards? <laughs> no, I wish. But uh, for our listeners, CMS is a content management system, which is something like WordPress or Drupal or yeah. anything you use behind the scenes to fill up a blog or a, a dynamic website. And if you're really cool, you use Drupal, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. But the thing I wanted to talk about today was... Um, yeah, festivals, because I was at a festival, and it's really kind of... How festive a, are festivals? Well, you know, like, I think most people are familiar with festivals from music festivals, right? And then at yeah. some point, but someone's like... More, it, it seems festivals are, are almost a, a replacement for religious holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, among... Uh, but, among but more specialized, like you can have a Star Trek festival, or you could have a food festival. Or oh, I see what you're saying. You have a science festival, but... So it's like a, it's a day to like celebrate your unique thing, your interests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, of, yeah. yeah. So if you're into Star Wars more than you're into Jesus Christ, boy, have we got a weekend for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I mean, uh, traditionally there was, uh, well, this will show that our listeners will now know that we do absolutely no research whatsoever. So, or do you know what was the first festival? I spent my life researching the first festival. Oh. Uh, no, you, I think you got me, because but it's probably these, a pagan festival. There's all festival. these pagan holidays yeah. that they turn into Christian holidays so yeah. that the pagans would tag along with Christianity. Like, I would assume it's the solstice, uh, either the summer solstice or the winter solstice, whichever came first uh, after the Big Bang. <laughs> it's like but after a festival, the sun started. Yeah, a festival is more than a holiday. A holiday is a day. Yeah, so I think, yeah, the definition of a festival, as far as I'm... This is ridiculous, but I guess it's just a series of days. <laughs> yeah, right, it's you, more than one which, day. In which people come together and they do things either for one another or watch other people do things. And and somehow when I think of festival, I think of tents. 
Mm-hmm. I think of something outdoor with in a park, but maybe that's, that's not always them, the case. That might be because of music festivals. Yeah, and I, and I think that I actually, yeah, did no research, but I, I I can speak from like a lot of personal experience in the new media art kind of circles. Um, there's really like most of your gigs or most of my gigs have been, or for a large number of people are are festivals, right? Like if you're either um, you're either like performing at these festivals or um, talking about your work, it be, it's kind of like there's a circuit. There's a circuit. You ever yeah. hear that? Like festival yeah. circuit. And and what's interesting to me always is that um, talks in the art world are very poorly attended. Mm-hmm. There's like. You'll have a talk at an art fair, and most people are there to buy art, and then there's like twenty people. Yeah, and they're all talking at the same yeah. time. Yeah, but mm-hmm. festivals, especially with technology, often there's like eight, nine hundred, thousand people. Everybody's excited. It's that's a right. Whole yeah. different world. It's really you're much more in touch with the audience. Yeah. So this festival was very similar. Sold out. Um, seemingly, uh, no one was scared away by you know <laughs> the fact that <laughs> artists. In fact, I don't know. Um, so this is re- I was at Resonate Festival in Belgrade, mm-hmm. in Serbia. I was there a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people we know have done it, um, or mm-hmm. or done it multiple times. Been asked to speak there, but my friend Nora was curating this year, so I think that's how I got an invitation. Um, I did a couple presentations. I, per, I was supposed to present my work, but I don't like doing that. Usually you go to these festivals and people just go through their portfolio. Not usually, but sometimes. And mm-hmm. I, I dislike that. I know a lot of others do, artists do too. And so you try and do something unique. Yeah, there's always, I, I always find it strange when people say there's a standard format. I don't like it. So I'm, I was supposed to write a novel, but instead I wrote <laughs> everything on cereal boxes. Isn't that original? And yeah, like, no, maybe so. the portfolio of that person was not that interesting. Yeah, you're probably right. I I think it's because I do I've done the portfolio presentation a number of times, and I wanted to like, I I wanted to have. Well, a you're specific- a performance artist, so you should perform if you're on a stage. Yeah, I have a performance version of my artist talk, um, but it takes a long time. It actually takes like an hour and a half to do, and I only had a 45 minute slot, so I thought, okay, I'll use this 45 minute slot. That's perfect for yeah. a per- fun performance. However, like it's a festival, so. I have to admit that, like, um, though I always have like some kind of technical failure built into my work, uh, there was no tech rehearsal for this uh, talk that I or this performance talk that I gave, and then no real, no real, uh, no no one really there to help me technically. And this is resonates kind of famous for this. Like, you get up on stage, no one introduces you, and then there's no, you That's know, there's it. no one tells you when when it's finished. <laughs> you just like stop talking. Yeah, so you like do all your own thing. Which I had heard was the case, but I I was first to go. I was first to go up on uh, to present on Thursday, and it was kind of funny because there was no a no AV yet. Like they were trying to fix. Someone told me like the day before we had some issues. I was like, okay, what issues? It's like, well, we couldn't get the screen to work. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but isn't that what the festival's built around? The screen, <laughs> isn't that like kind of thing? And then there were these like. Serbian guys like splicing together a cable by the by the side of the stage, and I was like, "Are you guys going to be ready?" Like, we're not sure. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I was like, but I go on in five minutes. I was like, and I needed to test the internet connection, and so I was like, doing that, and it seemed fine. But then, like right before I went on, something it stopped working. I was like, and but there was no one. These guys were just like, "Thank God, the screen is working." Like literally, it was. 30 seconds before it stopped working again and they're like wait one last thing and they're like w-? they run around and oh, so I wasn't actually I'm not usually stressed by that kind of thing and I wasn't stressed about it um, again because at a festival um, and I think it's in a festival context that I'm less stressed generally 
Um, and I might be just... Uh, As opposed it, to the rest of your life? Yeah, because at a festival, I guess this is what I wanted to get to or start the conversation off is like one, one part of a festival that I think is characteristic is that a festival that you really, the rules kind of change and it's kind of like we're all in this together. I don't know if you've ever had this yeah, experience, yeah, yeah. but like it's very much like both the audience and the people presenting are there for one another. There's usually workshops happening too. And so there's a little bit of learning from everyone. It's more like a classroom that it is like going to. Yeah. It's like a. When you have a, a party at someone's house and the feeling of hanging out in the kitchen. Yeah, like I assume even at a music festival, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, we don't normally play outside in the rain, but <laughs> hey, since we're all here together. Yeah. So I wasn't stressed because I was like, look, I don't normally just walk off a plane, get on stage and like not have, you know, a chance to do tech rehearsal. But, you know, since we're all here together and there's so many of you, like people are sitting on the floor, you know. Yeah, there, <laughs> there is something when you're, extremely demanding that you might people might not like you as much but they will be more careful be oh we better uh, have everything ready because this person is very demanding and Mm -hmm. uh, but what i found is like the so the audience was actually really generous because throughout the performance it it, everything went fine actually it went really well and everyone was super kind it was like people were coming up they really enjoyed it but near the end you know it relied on this the inter- an internet connection what i was doing was like making paintings with audience input like using this terrible like 3d painting software that i designed and then like at, what, the whole audience could like buy the paintings in real time but to do that the internet needed to work mm. but like their internet when i said like okay yeah, let's festival all the wi-fi doesn't work yeah, but I was told like it was going to be good, I, <laughs> but also warned it could be terrible. So I was like, all right, I'll try. I've already done this twice before at other festivals, and it I designed it to be very low bandwidth. So, but, but like, it, the, the, yeah, the problem is then people, everybody gets on the festival Wi-Fi. Yeah, that is the problem. Yeah. So that was the problem in the end. Uh, but I, I went ahead with it, and it was kind of funny because. Um, someone I tethered to someone's phone like this is what I'm saying like the audience was super generous they're like hey I could like make my phone available (laughs) like people were up on stage troubleshooting with me and it all ended up being a part of it but I guess I only say all this not to describe how terrible I am at my practice but to talk about how the festival was very warm friendly family kind of thing and those are my favorite festivals I think where everyone comes together including the audience and usually everyone in the audience could be on stage like they're all skilled enough. They've mm. all done something probably pretty amazing. And they could be good delivering the talk. So I really enjoy festivals for that reason. Because I always go and I like, you hang out with people, you make new friends. Um, you know, you you, you kind of, ha- you eat together, you play together, you sleep together. You don't sleep that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's funny. When I think of festivals, I always think when I was 14, I went to a music festival the first time in we all brought tents and then you sleep there and mm-hmm. watch watch your favorite bands and I remember all the stuff that was fine at the time that I would never do now but like there's human body fluids all over the campsite and yeah. it's raining and this, then the sun is too much and you don't sleep for three <laughs> yeah. days and you're just excited to see all these bands and now I'd be like no there's, 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 there's no way you would do that you just become now. spoiled yeah I don't know if you have the same thing or you're fine like with the worst conditions, <laughs> but I just did it basically. Like maybe but it wasn't. You slept desi- in a nice hotel, probably. Um, I slept in a hotel that was like right next to a highway. That might just be the way it is in Serbia. 
<laughs> oh, like, when I was when I did resonate, they had a deal with a really fancy hotel, and I had a suite, and it was kind of a weird deal. But uh, it was a it was a pretty nice hotel. It was the type of hotel where uh, I walked in, and they gave me a shot of Rekia, which is like a <laughs> lo- local drink. That yeah. was like, hey, welcome to the hotel. Why do you take a shot? And uh, I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, actually, I thought it was actually quite nice. Uh, I'm not putting it down. It was just on a really busy street, mm. and uh, and it was like a bit of a shock arriving uh, because it's Belgrade and Belgrade. Like, uh, if listeners don't know, was at war just like less than 20 years ago. Um, the city was being bombed, so it's still in rough shape. Uh, was it? I mean, did you must have noticed that from your luxury? Yeah, I've been there a few times, but from um, your luxury hotel suite. <laughs> yeah, no, I always tend to notice the the pretty things. <laughs> You're like, wow, my uh, gold shower is 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 not that tarnished. These yeah. people must be doing well. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, it was like uh, it was an okay. But place. I I think there's also something about certain countries. Even the U.S. is is mm-hmm. not that neat with infrastructure. So uh, a lot of times you'll visit a country and you'll think like, oh, these people are really poor or, or whatever. But that's just the, the way it's fine for them and it's fine. And uh, um, yeah, I think there's they're doing better. A little, they're obviously doing better. But the salary, the average salary there, is about three hundred euro a month, uh, which is pretty low. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I think it's like one, at least like yeah, a third. But the cost of living is... Actually, yeah. Things, yeah, that was super cheap. So I took out like $100 and I only spent 50 in the whole time I was there. <laughs> so at the How end I the gave catering? my... It, the food was okay. It was pretty good. Yeah, everything that was like official was good. Um, yeah, it, it was like, it was really, really cheap, inexpensive, fun, good. I can't complain. The only thing I can and say is... I was amazed you got drunk, but that was later. I, yeah, I, got, I had I had to drink. I, you're just drinking all the time at this thing. I think to stay awake, partially. Yeah. Um, and I was with uh, Rick Silva and Nicholas Sassoon and Rosa Menkman as like mm. sort of a crew. That's a crew uh, of hard drinking people. Yeah, like Rosa is pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty pretty much goes full steam all the time. Uh, fellow Dutch artists. <laughs> and uh, and I don't know Nicholas Sassoon. He's I was French, in a festival so he, with her in Brazil. Was it fun? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that really must have fun. been crazy. Yeah, in Brazil. Yeah. We Rosa. worked together on a collaborative performance with two other artists. Oh, really? Yeah. What, what was the performance? It was a, a, a three-channel projection, and there was an opera singer. And it, the whole idea was that the festival would just put random people together, and you just make something. Mm-hmm. Like seven-on-seven, yeah. seven kind of. Yeah, a little bit different. That it's not uh, In seven-on-seven, seven, it's more about the showing the idea and presenting it this was just you don't really present the idea you just uh, present the work mm, i wonder if we should talk about seven on seven since uh, it happened this weekend it's another kind of festival ish not really a festival yeah. kind of a festival do you want to mm-hmm. can you explain it a little bit so seven on seven is a uh, seven pairs of two people one artist and one technologist prepare and so they put people together and they have 24 hours to come up with something. They changed the format a little bit. I think the year that you did it, it was 24 hours. Now they tell the, the, the duo about a month before that Ugh, you guys can start talking. So ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very spoiled. <laughs> I mean, but, come on. A whole the, week? A month? Yeah. So they, they'll pair someone like a video artist with someone who might have found a Tumblr. And they, like Ryan Chukardin was coupled with the, the guy from Tumblr and then they made a video website together. That's like a clear example of what 7 Yeah, that's 7 actually is. still a classic piece. I sometimes share that with people. The yeah. 
what's river it called? River of the, of the, of, of, river the of the Net. Yeah, River of the Net. And then Aaron yeah. Schwartz famously was one of the early participants um, who is the, well, now deceased Aaron Schwartz. Mm-hmm. But uh, he made a big impact with his project. Like, what was his work? I can't remember, actually. Ooh, that's not good. Making Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the year I did it, I did it with... Um, Julie Ehrman uh, a few years ago. The open source game, invest- game yeah, console she, con- yeah. investor? She was doing this like OUYA. Yeah, it was like an Android um, video game console. She, I think it's now bankrupt. <laughs> so, uh, But it was really fun. Like She was such a powerful like CEO. We did like a big pitch presentation as our project. We reinvented you, you presentations. You did the one software. more thing on stage. Yeah, and I got to do one more thing with her. And she was so into it because she pitched on so many stages at this point in career because she used to work at EA and she was like... Well, that's the fun of a festival that you get these different yeah, backgrounds together. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, you get all these people, weirdly, who are alone most of the year <laughs> working yeah. really, really hard. No, that, that's been the most rewarding to me uh, and it's such a cliche, but it's the, the meetings after because the, the fun of the talks is that after the talk, you kind of know each other, so you don't have to mm-hmm. do the thing where you're like, so what do you do? And you have yeah, to yeah, yeah. kind of show your work on your iPhone. It's kind of clumsy. Instead, everybody gets to give the full demo. And after mm-hmm. that, it's a really easy conversation if you like what the other person is doing. That's right. Yeah. So you end up um, you end up meeting. Yeah, it's a really, it's like speed It's like dating. meeting people on really good terms. Because yeah. You're, yeah. 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 It's a kind of a speed dating or like speed community building. No, it's not speed dating. It's it's the opposite because you mm. get the 45 minute intro each. Mm-mm-mm. Right, right, right. It's a slow, <laughs> slow dating. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like a standard format for getting to know one another without having yeah. to ask the questions. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Except unless it's an unconference. Um, have you ever participated in an unconference? No. Which, what's that? I said con- the word conference and festival. I'm not sure what the difference really is anymore, but... An well, I, I think we're speaking about art, tech, design festivals, which are related to conferences. Yeah, we're, and not, we're not talking about movie festivals. Or oh, that's true. We didn't. We're not, and that's a different format entirely. Though it's a lot of information or a lot of people doing a lot of stuff in a small amount of time. Yeah, but an unconference it, when it when it's an art or design thing, I've been to a couple. You get there and they don't, there's no schedule, and so the people, the participants at the event, come up with the schedule. Mm. Um, I did one at Kickstarter that was less of a festival. It was kind of like a festival just for a group of people that were invited called uh, People We Love. I think uh, I asked them to invite... They should do People We Hate. Did they invite you? That would be funny. What? They should do a People We Hate festival. Well, then neither of us would be invited, would they? No. Anyway, uh, no, but it was really good because... And what it made me realize is... uh, like I said earlier, when you're at a festival, most of the people at the festival could be on stage. Because mm-hmm. um, also, usually there's like 100 artists at a lot of these festivals. And so like people in the audience are usually also presenting. Yeah. I um, imagine at an unconference, whoever's pushiest will get on stage. And that might not be the most interesting person. Yeah, but then you can just like push them off or you can make a statement. Like, okay. There's a lot of back and forth conversation. Is it I like an open mic sort of comedy night thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know that was. It's funny you mentioned that because I've I haven't ever done a comedy festival, but I, this on this trip, someone pulled me aside. Uh, this other artist, and he's like, "Have you ever thought about doing comedy festivals instead of art festivals?" He's like, "I don't think you're so good at the art thing, but this comedy thing you're doing is really great." <laughs> and I was like, "Nah, I don't think I'm really talented enough." He's like, "No, no, you really must do the comedy festival." 
And he was saying Edinburgh Festival would be the perfect one. Have you ever it been to Edinburgh? It sounds so scary, yeah? Comedy Festival. Because there's like... Yeah, you, there's you an You would be in a space with like 2,000 people of which 1,200 are hilarious and judgmental. Yeah, yeah. Cause no, that, no, that's, I that's, think there's an expectation. I, I think there's a very funny thing which you said about this portfolio karaoke, they call it, where you just show your portfolio and talk. And it's very easy to make people laugh because it's so boring. So <laughs> yeah, people don't right. expect to be laughing. But it's not usually laughing, it's this. Yeah, it's pretty easy. The academic laugh, the nose yeah, laugh. It's, it's pretty easy to get people to laugh. <laughs> but I think when it's, it's stand up, the expectation of laughter is so high, it's a completely different thing. That's what I, I said too. Um, but because I've always just had the easiest crowds, right? Like you walk into an academic yeah. or art context and you can kill it every night. It's exactly. Like, if I, why doesn't Jerry Seinfeld show up? And he'll just, well, there's the other thing right. that I noticed that I, uh, when I do talks, Mm-hmm. Um, even when I say stuff quite seriously, people think it's funny. Like I'll say something that's <laughs> not funny, it's just the way I say it, I guess. They're dying to laugh. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's but, how our podcast but, works too. <laughs> yeah, no, guys, this is not funny. And then um, my point. What was my point? Um, I'm blanking. Anyway, that, that's what happens on stage when you're trying to be funny, but. What was I saying? Well, you go ahead. <laughs> You're good at talking. Raph, I told you I was going to take a back seat today. I'm exhausted. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Disorganized. No, I'm kidding. But no, uh, no, like- no, what, no. Here's what I wanted to say. Okay. Good. We bought you This is time. my, my um, analysis of public speaking. If you're, if you're public speaking in any form and you're saying something that's really interesting, mm-hmm. there's no way of reading how interesting that is unless people respond vocally. And that is only by laughter. Mm-hmm. Or it's a boo, but that must be really bad. But let's say you're doing a scientific I, lecture. I've seen, I've seen a boo, though, before. Yeah, but let's say you're doing a scientific lecture and you're blowing everybody's mind. You're mm-hmm. like, you tell them about a, the formula for nuclear fusion that's completely safe and that will change all energy. No, you hear they, gasps. like <gasps> Yeah. <gasps> it's just in my experience. Sometimes I'll do the talk yeah. where I'm like, I'm going to show everybody the technology I use and I'm going to show my process and it's going to be very dry. And then there's no response and I get so kind of nervous. Yeah. And then I switch to the jokes because right. I, I need a response. So, no, and that might right. be the same thing for you where you might want to address something very deep and serious, but you're used to having a response all the time. So you switch back to jokes. Yeah, that's funny that you say that because um, maybe yeah, that's how that I ended funny? up. N- n- no, no, that's maybe <laughs> how I ended up doing what I do because I'm like um, a narcissist, right? So I need some response. Well, it's and it's then, not like, narcissism. It's like you you think about how weird being. it is because you're, you're talking to a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Normally, you speak to someone else and they get back to you and say, "Oh, that's interesting. Tell mm-hmm. me more." But when you're speaking to a thousand people, you can't read their minds, so of course you want a response. When, I mean, you can look in, usually I'll pick a few people in the audience to, to like sort of make eye contact with. Yeah. And then recently I try and actually do a much larger group. So I'll try and make eye contact with as many people as possible. And so you're basically, in my experience, if you can build these relationships up, it's a very, you know, very quickly, yeah, then you yeah, can start yeah. to get, you get a read on the face. But I, sometimes I get very anxious if someone looks at all bored. And I'll like, yeah, I'll just but, work on that one person. And but that's it, and a very, in a sense, it's a very, um, it's not a good metric because mm-hmm. I've been to talks where I have a friend who's a neuroscientist. So 
there were always these uh, Nobel Prize winners play, uh, speaking at his university here in mm-hmm. uh, New York. So I would go often. And a lot of them, there's no response during the whole talk, but the talk is mm. amazing. And mm-hmm. at least with the Q&A at the end, you know that you captivated the audience because there's mm-hmm. a lot of questions. Yeah. But you have to get used to the fact that if you're, not, if you're bringing compelling information that's not funny, that there's no response during the talk. Mm. It's funny you say that because I, I, I did a performance at an academic conference a few weeks ago. Mm. And it was like a standing ovation. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was like also hilarious, like lots was of laughing. Was that a, a conference? You were there for your company or for, as an artist? No, as an artist. And I think they just were not used to artists. In fact, they were grumpy about arts being included in their conference. They, yeah. and I only know this because afterward, this person came up to me and was like, I was really skeptical that this was <laughs> about you and about including arts in this conference. <laughs> but I just have to say, <laughs> you know, and yeah. they, this, is, this was amazing. But it's because they'd never experienced anything like it that is before. A bit, it, I think the whole format of an artist talk is narcissistic in the sense that yeah. my friends always ask me, my non-artist friends, they, they ask me, I'm saying, oh, I'm speaking over there or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what's your talk about? Me. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, always yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's not it's like, funny, yeah, oh, this is about bunnies and this is about carrots or whatever. It, I did research on carrots and that's what my... T- yeah. And you're right, though, that that's... But I... I don't know, it's funny, because the first slide of the presentation I gave this week was you, exclamation mark. It's like, <laughs> I start by saying it's about you. And that's a trick in, if you read books on presentation, you always want to make sure the audience, it's about the audience, not about yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't, maybe artists are the only ones that break this rule. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like... No, there's so I many rules seat. of presentation, and I don't think any artist follows that. <laughs> yeah, <that's true>. Yeah. <laughs> At least I, I really, I mean, this so, th- th- this, is the question, this podcast though, like, is more about talks right now than festivals, but I, I really sure. believe that talks should be talks and not readings. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all been to the quasi, like, academic or sometimes, because sometimes an art conference or festival, there'll be, like, a, a talk and someone has a paper that they've oh, written. Oh, yeah, and you hear the paper crumbling and they don't look at the audience and it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're, yeah, and you're, I sometimes, so I'll give a person the benefit of the doubt if they're working on new material, almost like a comedian, because I've seen comedians mm. do this too. They read out of their comedy, their, their yeah. notes on stage. And so if it's like new material and they say that and they apologize, I think it's fine. But if that's their go to, like, it's like you could have practiced a few times before, you know, or you might have delivered well, this talk once before and you can give us the gist of it. I, I read this uh, analysis of, of public speaking and there's like the from completely improvised to, mastering the talk and ultimately prepared and there's mm-hmm. a there's a whole area between those but the area between is kind of difficult because you want to rehearse it so well that it feels like you're improvising mm-hmm. otherwise if you've half rehearsed it and you have to keep thinking oh what it's did robotic. I want to say yeah. that doesn't work or if you're reading and then yeah the way I do I think the best way for artists is to have a lot of slides and just speak at the rhythm of the slides because you'd be like okay I remember this or that yeah exactly I mean I do the same thing because I I don't know I do like 25 different kinds of performances that I have done you know like I have like a a large number of them now Mm -hmm. and I can't keep them all like rehearsed exactly in my head yeah Um, so I'll usually just have a bullet point like there's 10 bullet points uh, you know, per performance or something. I know I have to get through them in what order yeah and I'll just put certain things in the bullet points there in text or as images Oh, there's never text. Yeah. So okay. what I'll do is within the performance, I'll just have different things that I know I yeah. would do so in a certain like order. So like you have the 3D uh, 
RGB brush in virtual space, and then yeah. you'll have a 3D house yeah. that you're living in, and then you'll talk yeah, about the, the couch. And yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's just like kind of a logical series of events. And sometimes there'll be actual slides. That's slide a big difference with stand up that you have mm-hmm. these visual cues that's kind of relaxing. That's true. It is. It's, yeah, I'm always like, no, I'm never stressed about the script stuff. It's the same um, thing where it's easier to take a photo with someone next to you than on your own because you, <laughs> yeah. you, you can bounce off of someone. Yeah. But I strongly believe what you're saying, which is that you don't want to over rehearse it if you think you can't get to natural because the audience yeah. wants that feeling of it but being there, a conversation intimately with them. Yeah, some people are really precise with their public persona or whatever they put mm-hmm. out. So they, mm-hmm. they don't want to miss any thought. Like every time we do an episode of this podcast, mm-hmm. about an hour later, I was like, oh, I should have talked about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. So do you ever walk off stage thinking like, Oh man, I of course, yeah. yeah, of course. But you know what? Then I always resign to the fact that you, you're not actually you're not. Then performing. you run back on stage, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think the thing that, that's important to remember, uh, or for me anyway, is that you're not performing as yourself. You're performing the audience as an instrument, and so you can tell. Like you mentioned, the rhythm of the audience or the rhythm of your, you know, like you get mm-hmm. into this rhythm and you know what makes sense. Like when we're having a conversation. I'll know when you're bored or disinterested or where it doesn't make sense, where I've gone on too long. If like, you're one-on-one, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, time, yeah, just time and your relationship with an audience is like an, it's like an organism. Yeah. Um, and but I always it, remember... It's really hard to know if an audience is captivated or not until Q&A. Um, you think? Yeah, I, I think with laughter, you know here's with how laughter I measure. it's easy to know if they're listening. But otherwise, it's really hard. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, here's, I'll, I'll tell you what my review mechanism is. I know if I've done no, well no, or... He, just an example before that. But like, no! <laughs> think, of, think of if everybody's on their phone during your talk. They might be yeah. on, your, on their phone because they're bored or because you're saying amazing stuff that they want to tweet. And it yeah. would be the exact same physical pose of the audience. Yeah, so yeah, I guess you could say Twitter is one modern way. I, w- I once did a talk where you uh, the tweets would appear like live mm. on the screen, so there would be some mm. interaction. And in this talk, I had people interacting with their phones. They were like providing live feedback. Um, but my measure in all my presentations is always how many people wait for me after the presentation. <laughs> and I think most performers or presenters count on that. Like, is who's going to come up after? If no one comes up afterward, then they're confused or they're not yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but if they come up and they say oh i'm so inspired by this or have you thought about that even if it's and that's negative why you wear the outfit so they can find you afterwards yeah if they can find you afterward yeah. that always feels really good and it doesn't happen for me every time I'll, I'll be honest like every few times there's like no response and then i know i did i i know i did a bad job right and uh i think we all instinctively kind of know anyway yeah. Well, they do all about, and it's usually the, not because the worst of some. Is if after a talk, someone says, "So, what did you think?" If they ask you, <laughs> that's a bad sign. Yeah, I did have a couple of people say that to me. I think it's the technical failure, but then I had a whole bunch of people follow me and say, "Like, oh, that was a really inspiring idea." So, I, yeah, and then I'm always wary that you know when you see someone after they've given a talk, no matter what, you kind of always say like, "Great talk, good talk." Yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah. I immediately discount any good talks. It's really the people that are lined up right but after I, the I talk. Th- I think both our approaches are a little bit funnier and more populistic than most artists. So. Mm-hmm there's already a higher entertainment value than expected. So often people are like, oh, that was such a good talk. But I feel like the the bar is so low mm-hmm. in, in art context because mm-hmm. most people are just not public speakers. That yeah, you're really cutting straight to the uh, bone on my career. <laughs> just like, yeah. 
<laughs> Which is go. like the only reason you have a career is because the no. But you were Wilson saying you would be shy to perform at a comedy festival. No, I know. But actually, I, I started thinking. So this person was like, "You should do Edinburgh," and I was, and I've, I would like. To, do you think there's a chance? And they said, "Yeah, like because experimental kind of theater people are there and they do mm. things differently." And, how and then that, I was like, "But don't you think be financially like would that world reward more or less than art world?" Probably less. <laughs> I feel like every new opportunity is always less yeah. for me. That's like because I, 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 I was reading Todd Berry wrote a book and there's a lot about uh, how he goes on tour to little towns and and mm-hmm. what. what the money is and I was like wow that's they don't get paid much at all mm-hmm. I think Edinburgh though is like considered the world's like premier theater festival right mm. have you ever been no no I think the reason people go it's um as a festival it's been recommended to me I think probably more than any other festival for just pure um imagination like the amount of stuff that they do there that's just not conventional but not like I, I guess it's not just within theater, but just within the performing arts. But so it's not it's a, a comedy festival; it's a theater festival. Yeah, but there's comedians there, right? Yeah. So it's like um, for those that don't want to play by the rules, which I think you would probably call yourself one of those people. I certainly would as well. So now I'm curious. I'm like, could I get into? Yeah, math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the square peg in the round hole. Yeah. I'm the Steve Jobs yeah. kind of moment. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I think that's what festivals are good at, too, is like bringing these niche audiences together. And they somehow feel like, oh, I'm not so alone in the world anymore. Um, and I'm working on a festival, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before in June, called Node Festival. It's a creative coding festival. And I interviewed a bunch of people because I'm whenever I make a new artwork, I, I interview people. And um, I interviewed people about their festival going experience. And they all said the same thing, which is like, I felt so alone in my local community. There was no mm. one like me. But at the that festival... That kind of with BYOB as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you should talk about BYOB because I was thinking oh, about that. Oh, that's kind of a festival, yeah. Yeah, well, so for our listeners, BYOB was um, a project that Raphael started. When did you start it? 2010. So I'll, I'll, I'll explain a little bit. In Germany and the Netherlands, we call a projector a beamer. So it's bring your own beamer. So... I noticed that a lot of curators, especially in the new media field, uh, hardly sleep. They're always exhausted because making new media exhibitions, you're always on a tight budget and there's so many technical questions. Things go wrong all the time. Yeah. So I thought, I was living in Berlin and I thought, well, everybody I know, every artist is making moving images and they all own projectors. So if we just have a room and we just do a one night exhibition and everybody brings their own projector, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then me and Anna de Vries, uh, he had a space at the time, a huge uh, studio. We uh, th- talked about it. We talked about which people to invite. And I, I really liked the idea of everybody coming in, being responsible for their own gear and, and also being completely free to show whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And so it was really fun. And then everybody immediately was like, oh, we should do this in Greece. Oh, we should do this in the U.S. Oh, we should do this. And since then, there's been... I think 350 or 400 editions so in mm-hmm. the last seven years. But I think that's what's so inspiring about what you did is similar to the what I was talking about earlier, which is you gave people a format or an agency to come together on their yeah, own. That was the, like, so that was the, 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 the compelling thing that everybody... In Berlin, people knew each other already. It was really a group of friends already. But in London and in New York and other cities, and what I also heard from people... Everybody makes stuff online and they know each other online, but they never meet in person. So mm-hmm. that was the thrill of uh, being together. And 
it's the same thing as we said with the conference. You're not talking to each other blindly. You're seeing each other's work, and it's like, oh, mm -hmm. I've been following your work. Oh, interesting. Oh, we should hang out more. And yeah, yeah, that's where I think. Um, well, that's my experience when you invited me down in New York for BYOB, and I think I had already hosted one locally or something in Toronto. Yeah, 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 in Toronto. Um, but it was like all these people that I knew on the internet but I'd never met in person yeah. probably because they had like abstract avatars of like liquid metal or something yeah, like and, that. Yeah, and one person is living uh, four hours flying away and how often will you go? And yeah. yeah, and so it was like this first time that the internet was made physical. I liked that, like, or social in a physical space. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I think for a lot of people that's what a conference is. It's is like this a big coming chat together. room. Yeah, it's this big. Yeah, exactly. It's, or a big forum or whatever. In fact, the one you know, the conference that I'm working on in Germany, it like started out of a forum. Like people on a forum were like, "We should yeah. get together for a meetup." And well, I, yeah, it's definitely if if you everybody shares an interest and you also know what each person is about, that mm -hmm. makes the conversation so. Because there's something really exhausting of having to introduce yourself and then say what you do in words, which is often mm -hmm. not the best medium. So but it's it, really it nice when you me, know each other. Yeah. It strikes me though that maybe like here, I, it seems like festivals are more and more popular, and it might, in my opinion, maybe my good point today is like it, the internet allowed us to have all of these little individual niches and to find community online, like find other people like yeah. ourselves. Yeah, like oh, I'm really into cat grooming or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. So 500 cat groomers on the internet are now like, oh, well, we could have a festival about cat grooming. Mm -hmm. But like prior to the internet, they would be at home being like, God, I just love cat grooming so much. <laughs> if only there was another cat groomer I could hang out with. Because I was talking to this one guy and he's like, he, uh, he, this when I was interviewing people about festivals and he's like, I was doing this thing like no one understood. He was living in Costa Rica. And then and then I saw that there's this festival and there were going to be 2000 people there, like 2000 like cat groomers. Like the CMS Awards yeah, in Belgium. Yeah, and he was like, it blew my mind. That's he used the words like it blew my mind, like that I could be among so many when I had no one like that around me. And I think that maybe I don't know if it's going to continue, but you do have this phenomena of meetups now. Which seems like the next step where there's even that app, like the meetup app. And I know here in Toronto, there are like thousands of meetups. Um, on very those niche are kind of like on very, very niche interests. Yeah. yeah. So you can like meet up about, yeah, cat grooming yeah, board it, games or something. It's funny because the way festivals started for me, uh, there were just big music festivals with big or small bands, and you're the audience, and the band is the band. And the, mm -hmm. the, that was very clear. Like, I think everybody's interest was getting drunk. Mm -hmm. Maybe that was the shared interest of, of the band. No, but, but it's yeah, a festival with twenty, thirty thousand people, so it's not the same as uh, it doesn't have that value of like Yeah, that's maybe why we should like reject the idea of the music festival, except that there are these music festivals where people live together and I think that's kind of the same yeah. spirit, which is this Or like a smaller music festival that's more specialized. So it, it, that's the other thing. There's there's such an obsession with uh thinking success is large numbers, but I think for festivals mm. smaller is often better. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think I agree. Um, I agree that it has to just be a critical mass where it feels like you could meet everyone there. And I, mm. I didn't meet nearly everyone <laughs> at Resonate this year. Yeah. But um, have, have you been to conferences where uh, um, you've been to DLD or? Yeah, I, yeah I've been with you. And then everybody's there and is like, "Oh, are you going to Davos next week?" And they all yes. so that's a very yes. different yes. crowd. <laughs> 
everybody's Actually, a bazillionaire and they're all hanging yeah, out it's yeah. very funny that's their kind i think they have to be similar What's your to you domination yeah, yeah. <laughs> When I, you you invited me along with you to DLD one year, I remember it was like we were hanging out in the lobby, and it was like no artists, just millionaires, and yeah. I was just like, <laughs> "Can we there, move some like, money towards here or <laughs> there?" <laughs> yeah, and the conversation just didn't make any sense. It's like, "What do you do?" And they're like, "Well, I'm a uh, I own the Archie comic book series, or something like that." <laughs> like, but we're just trying to figure out how to wind it down so we can spend more time in the Hamptons. And I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh, really?" Because I'm yeah, I'm just scraping by as a yeah. uh, experimental artist, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, so the but it's really it's another place where it's really funny. It, it, even at a conference like that, there's always a few scientists and artists, and then there's like a, a bazillion investors, and then you're kind of at the kids' mm. table with the poor people, and it's really fun because you're. Well, it makes me think that like you know TED Talks uh, is probably now the ultimate intellectuals festival or something like that, right? Like, the but it once was a year. for a while. I think it's lost its moment. I don't know. I hope so because like the formats become so cliche, right? But you know, I still get there some inspiration. It was this really funny TED Talk by a comedian. Where he he made a faux TED Talk, and he's in the future. Video <laughs> games will be very realistic. <laughs> No, I think the rule about a TED Talk is it have, you have to reject a commonly held belief, right? This is mm-hmm. the, which yeah. is also kind of like internet headline writing style, which is like, you know, five things you already know, but one that you won't believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that'll re- recontextualize you ready all to your understanding. Let your yeah. brain explode. <laughs> exactly. We actually found that eating fatty foods made people thinner. Yeah, um, yeah so it's usually that Get kind of thing. Get ready to eat a lot of bacon. <laughs> but I think the TED, the part of TED that has become popular is the TEDx uh, thing, mm. which is more local. My my big complaint about TED usually though is just that it's like it's just this whole business model. Like to get in, there's different tiers. So like the top oh, yeah, tier is like ten thousand dollars to be in the audience, and like five thousand to be like standing outside the room watching a live monitor, and like a <laughs> thousand to watch from home. And I think like that does all of what we're talking about. Well, the opposite of what we're talking about. That was the same like, with BYOB because we're like, is there a business model here? Because if people mm-hmm. around the world, if everybody charges a dollar, but it, it gets so complicated as soon as money is in there. Like when there's mm-hmm. no money whatsoever with BYOB, nobody feels there's anything unfair. There's no, and that's, th- that's what I loved yeah. about BYOB that you're projecting and it's a big mess. So usually group exhibitions, and that's maybe what you were talking about with the festivals mm-hmm. that it's, camaraderie and there's less ego so yeah. it's, it's nice when it's not like why am i not the final speaker i want to be i don't want to speak after that guy or blah 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 so with yeah i guess with that's BYOB, it's just a big chaos and you can just move your projector around if you're not happy who's next to you or but it's very flexible and then there's no money involved so nobody's like he he or she is getting paid more than me or, yeah now, to be fair, like the people at like Resonate, they, they like bought tickets to this event, but like, at the same time, the amount of value, I think a ticket was like a, a couple hundred dollars or something, mm-hmm. but then they're getting like access to like 150 or 200 events. Yeah, plus a tax deductible vacation. <laughs> right. I know that someone was complaining about the price and I was like, really? Because like design conferences are like $1,400, $1,500. And mm-hmm. I, I kept running into people at the event that weren't artists they were designers and then it was like and they were there for quote unquote inspiration or whatever um 
which is like in the design community, there's among artists, maybe our listeners will probably identify with this. Like there's always this tension, like are the designers here just to steal our good ideas? But uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm all, I'm actually a designer and art community person. So I don't believe that's true, but uh, you always hear that refrain like, Oh yeah, they're just here to steal our ideas. But um, I don't know. I felt like uh, it was, it's a low enough price that the audience wasn't demanding. I guess I'm saying this cause like you get the audience, if it's too high a price demanding a certain value, mm. Um, it has to be low enough that they can actually run the festival sustainably, fly people in, because that's the biggest cost, right? Transportation Hotel, and hotels and projectors, stuff. Projectors, Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's not a... Pro- running a festival from the people I know who run festivals, I know a few that run different festivals, um, it's really hard to do and to, to turn a profit and do well. Some have but figured the, it out. Yeah, there's... The, I guess it's like anything. The small ones are hard to turn a profit, and then you have yeah. the, the big ones that have all these sponsor deals because every brand wants to be among the influencers and they pay a lot. And Yeah, and I think that's what, um, what yeah, that's an unfortunate. Like, as a festival grows, it kind of loses some of that grassroots feeling, I think, personally. So mm-hmm. I enjoy the little ones that are scrappy, where it's really like people coming together and doing it because they're passionate and they love it. Um, so I really enjoyed uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think there's also something specific. Um, when you, when you think of art... When a museum gets bigger, it doesn't mean the art gets worse, but with performance, I don't know if it's every time, but I prefer smaller venues. If I can see it, if you could see the Rolling Stones in a small venue or in an arena, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like so for performing, though, I would prefer it not be too small a room because you need the energy of the crowd to That's feed true. on itself. Yeah, yeah. There's also something about when the crowd, when it's over a certain number, it becomes more abstract and it becomes one organism instead of. Mm-hmm. looking at different people <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah when it's just five people and they're doing their little like nose laughs I guess there's no rules because it's some, some performers are great in front of five people and sometimes mm-hmm. great 50,000 people but I know that you were watching seven on seven online because I asked you whether you were there you're well, in New York actually you- I was going to but I didn't so I'm gonna <laughs> I, I'm gonna watch it I'm gonna okay. watch the archive later because they live stream I just wanted to talk about how a lot of festivals now are getting into this game of like if you can't make it in person, because a lot of people yeah, can't afford but I, to travel. I, I, my philosophy with online video, I, I really prefer archived video over live video. I, 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 hmm, I really? think Why? it's just really nice when a certain talk isn't, it doesn't appeal to you that you quickly switch to the next one. Oh, I see. It appeals to your short attention span. <laughs> yeah, but that's what's... I mean, there's, there's a famous YouTube video of like the worst performance in an art school. Uh-huh. And I've been to Is those it, performances. And, and then... When you're there in person, you you keep calculating how much longer is this going to go on? This is terrible. I want to walk out the door, but I might mm-hmm. it, the the person performing might be really bummed that I left the performance. Well, I and, mean, and when you when it's online, you just skip through. You just go like, oh, never mind, uh, or oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I think that like. Um that's one of the tragedies of online video as well for the for for those that might be doing trying to do something durational right like that you like might be trying to make a point over you have an idea of, except well, for just, podcasts which which people play when they can't even touch the controls they're like driving so they just listen to the whole thing oh that's our that's our trick but i just yeah. imagine people are still just skipping through this and they have no idea whether we made a good point no way all our words are super compelling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, anyway, I brought it up because I thought like uh, streaming stuff or streaming it online is like a, almost a way of um, making uh, conferences or festivals more accessible. But you lose all of that. You lose energy, the live community. Yeah, live community. And like 
I don't know, when we get to the field recording, like you're going to hear, I think, you know, the festival sound and you'll always hear conversation. Like when I think of festival, it's just like, whoa, 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 you know, just like talking. Yeah. But tons even of conversation. At, at, at festivals, um, you might be in a conversation with a fellow colleague that you haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And you might miss a few talks and watch them later. So I think at a lot of festivals, the community part is more important than watching the talks. That's exactly yeah. That's exactly it. And I would say that's how I spent my time. I, I ca- caught a couple talks which I was obligated to see. Actually, one in one that was actually outstanding um, and quite scripted, but just done so well as Thompson and Craighead. Um, but I you know I went to see my friends' talks, but not very many new ones. <laughs> You know, and then the rest of the time I spent talking to new people, and I yeah. was like, I, I, I would rather talk to you one on one. Maybe that's the privilege I have as a, as a fellow speaker, but um, that's or going to dinner with someone or getting a coffee, like, hey, let's go for a walk together, mm-hmm. and you just get to know. I don't know. Yeah, it's just I remember a really I was at a, way. at a conference in New Zealand, and the, yeah. the talks were very compelling, but I just had to go to this island with rare birds, and I missed all the talks <laughs> because I'm like, well, I flew 24 hours. I want to see that, and it was an amazing island, so. Yeah. Mm. Actually, then I, I remember the talks when, later online. I remember when you uh, and I, when you did BYOB New York. I arrived and we hadn't. I don't think I, we we had met in person maybe once before. I can't remember. Yeah. But you were like, "Let's get out of this place." It was like I, I was like, "Isn't this your event?" And we like <laughs> no, we but went on a with walk. BYOB, together there's a specific thing that I get really nervous because you have to attach all these projectors on the same mm-hmm. power grid, and the, it, it always <laughs> fails. So I feel like it's better to come back when everything's fixed. Uh, I see that. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought you just wanted to spend time with me. Oh, also, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. But no, that with BYOB, I really like the idea. Even at the first one, people would ask me, do you know whether this is, do you know how to handle this? I'm like, no, sorry, it's all up to you guys. Mm. Because I just noticed with curators, they are like a parent to a thousand children and they're trying to fix everything. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, you guys just figure it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Um so yeah, the, so I don't know what else to say about festivals, but I am curious what the future of festivals is. Um, they seem to be More pretty them? much. You think? Like, I wonder if people are going to burn out on the on on. I guess there are new formats all the time. Like, it's always reinventing itself. And yeah. so, yeah. like, I did a festival that was just workshops. Uh, well, and the workshops. If, if 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 telecommunication technology, we're skyping right now. But if that mm-hmm. gets better, the future of might be online conferences where you avatars sit together in 3D sp- I don't know we'll see how VR works out. Oh no that's a good that's a good point. So this week actually was um Facebook's Facebook's uh, fantasy pro- uh, projects. <laughs> and well, Facebook, Facebook has is their big just keeps being so terrible and at not Facebook fixing festival. the core product and then coming up with vaporware. <laughs> yeah, so Facebook's like has a festival once a year um F8, F8 about Facebook uh, and they talk, they often Zuckerberg will, Zuckerberg always does like a future forward kind of keynote. keynote. Yeah. Yeah. Keynote, um, which is a very specific kind of festival or conference. As it's more of a conference term. There's no keynote at like Coachella. Who's the keynote performer here? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, Kendrick Lamar. Um, so I think uh, with at F8, it was interesting though, because they, uh, Zuckerberg sort of presented what he thinks the next 10 years are going to be, the next revolution in technology is going to be about. Yeah, like connecting of course, brains without language. and that kind Yeah, of and right now they believe like, you know, in, within five years, social VR is going to be a big thing. And they, they presented like Good their luck, next... guys. I know, they, they, they presented their next version of that. I mean, 
I, I would say that it's ridiculous because social is so, I mean, VR is so anti-social, but if you were going to make VR work, if you could make it somewhat social, you're going to be in a better mm-hmm. place potentially. But um, they also started to talk about AR for the first time, augmented reality. Um, yeah, so what they did is they're, they're kind of not putting any energy into making Facebook better. Then they're like, let's buy Oculus. And uh, from what I hear, Vive is much better. So everybody's mm-hmm. more exi- excited about Vive. And then, so they haven't finished that. And then like, oh, let's jump to AR. It doesn't seem yeah. very focused. And then they also started to talk about, and there's two items this week about this, Uh Brain to brain, the Elon Musk company. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So, but I think didn't they do something at Facebook about this as well? Yeah, yeah. Where they were working on neural control uh, yeah, research. Yeah, some, somehow the idea that we've been able to share thoughts through language, but that's a compression of concepts. So you you have an idea, and then you have to find the words for that idea, and then the words hit the other person, and they have to unpack it and get the concept from those words. I know it's such a pain. Yeah, I find so it they such just a want drag. concept to concept without any language, so you don't have to learn any other language. You, you and just there was some kind of like, and you learn concepts like by like touch or something. <laughs> it's like some kind of like skin based bump. I, uh, yeah, I, I think it there's was something very, very beautiful <laughs> about accepting it, like being very good at one thing like uh, mm-hmm. that sushi master the chef uh, Jiro and the, mm-hmm. so I would like when Facebook is just like we're mastering this and we're just the best Facebook that Facebook can be so like don't mess around with is like thought control like uh, yeah like but what if the best Facebook it could be was that we don't use a computer at all that we just think together collectively so it's really weird though that both Elon think of and the privacy settings on that app well, it just even that's yeah, true. <laughs> Would you like to share your sexual thoughts? Would you like to share your murderous thoughts? Your suicidal your thoughts? Criminal fantasies? Yeah, <laughs> criminal. yeah. Well, that's that movie Strange Days. Did you ever see that movie? No. Uh, it's like there's like a black market in trading experiences, like neural okay. kind of recordings. Sounds like a Gibson novel. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, it kind of predates all this talk. But it's funny that both this week, both uh, Elon Musk and Zuckerberg are proposing this idea of basically a festival that's uh, <laughs> where you just like talk brain to brain, like a so- software yeah. as a festival. Well, we, we already had an episode about VR. I just don't but think... But this isn't about VR. This is about like, yeah. it's about communication, which is what we're talking about today, I think, you know, and communicating without words. Uh, yeah, it's, I wonder it, if that'll, it's just funny that the, the sort of, the newspaper index like Wikipedia and the simple text chat are just so efficient at separating what you're doing right now and then the chat. Mm-hmm. And imagine thoughts coming into your brain as often as texts. Yeah, but what I think it'll be like is like, you're going to be an old man pretty soon is what it's going to like, because the kids will be like, oh, yeah, like you can't have five threaded thought conversations at the same time. (laughs) What's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't or or maybe maybe not. It seems seems like a logical step, but also in the early 90s, there was a documentary on the information superhighway and they made this 3D visualization of what that would be. Yeah, and I remember it, it made it feel like there's gas stations and universities, and and you would have your news read by a 3D avatar that was catered to you and your interests, mm-hmm. and yeah. it would be like, "Hey, Jeremy, good morning. Well, this is what's going on," and it turns out that's a very flat, simple text layout mm-hmm. is way faster than an emulation of a 
I know this is not what neural linking is, but yeah, no, I just but I think that point. all these fa- fantasies of where we're headed often are very cumbersome yeah. and, and complicated. Well, because, you know, here's the, I guess the, the point I wanted to make was like, do you think that if we could all think across infinite distances collectively, that we'd have the urge to get together in person? Because I think this mm. urgency to get together in person is what makes a festival great. And, but I have a feeling it's not just about sharing thoughts. That there's something yeah, there's also more to it. Share, well, sharing experiences is what I was going to yeah. say, right? Like that shared experience is more than just communication efficiency. Yeah. If it was about efficiency, we would just, like you said, read papers to one another, right? Or we, or we'd have some kind of new language that was, you know, is just if it was just reading dictionaries, we would sit down all day and just like trade data like that. Yeah, it'd be a collective um, mind. Yeah. Yeah, but part of what makes a festival great is getting drunk together, or part of what f- makes a festival great is not sleeping together. Part of what makes a festival great is fucking up together. But that's kind of, uh, I guess the gaming community is always ahead of the curve, but they definitely have sleep deprivation together across great distances. <laughs> it's like potential death together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think of that. Like, yeah, people play in a guild or and they don't want to even go to the bathroom because they don't want to let their teammates down. Yeah, so there's the, the, the physical challenge, even though it's yeah. attached to a screen. Yeah, that's more, yeah, that's I mean, the gamers are just so far ahead in terms of frame rate and in terms of communication. They're living in the future. Yeah. They're living in the future. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, they're better human beings. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they're probably anyway, also I guess, uh, influencing politics and not in the direction <laughs> we like. I guess I, I stretched pretty far there trying to take us to a uh, collective well, but consciousness it is, festival. Yeah, festivals are about these uh, physical encounters and, mm-hmm. and the awkwardness I mean, that we, you have to overcome. And yeah. If we think back to like the quintessential, the festival that started all festivals, now I think about it historically. Stonehenge. Well, no, I was thinking in the collective consciousness that we can remember was Woodstock. And it and the image that everyone remembers from that is like it raining, right? And then the image that everyone can remember is that people got like created like mudslides and got all muddy together, right? And so the festival wasn't about music; it was about getting muddy together, <laughs> right? Yeah. It was about it was about again like getting messy together or making mistakes together. And I just love this. I just love the idea of people getting together and doing it wrong, doing a bad job together, as like a I don't know, kind of a human human event like something that's uncharacteristic of what you would call success but somehow just makes sense anyway maybe that's what byob was too like you get all those beamers going every which it way was, it was the funny. power goes yeah. out what was really funny with you know. byob is the different character of each city so the the byob in berlin was very casual and there was a lot of drinking and we went swimming afterwards mm-hmm. and uh it, nobody cared where how their work was showing, and New York was immediately very professional. Everybody yes. was like weeks before that, like, can I go to the gallery and measure yes. the space? And my name is not right on the press release, and oh my god! And, uh, <laughs> so, and, in and Tokyo, that's all those. That's all the stuff that we yeah. don't. I don't and think in, belongs in, in there. Tokyo. It was very humorous, and there was also a fashion element and a sort of singing mm-hmm. element that I didn't see in other. So every city has its own character. But like, uh, here's my definition, because I know we started out with a definition of festival. Maybe a definition of a great festival is amazing people doing terribly or mm. terrible things together, right? Mm-hmm. Or like doing a bad job together yeah. and like just getting by. You know, if you've ever, have you ever been to a camp? But or there's anything? something about shared trauma. Yeah, there's like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's it. It's like, 
Yeah, that's a great it's the new advertising for festivals it's like <laughs> suffer together <Yeah. laughs> and come out alive you'll feel great yeah. um <laughs> but i think uh th- there is a bit of that because you're usually traveling to some foreign place and like you don't quite know what's going on or how to get this, this, this done one that, curator told doing... me this trick that he did so he, he organized this festival in brazil and all the artists come from the west and they're used to all the materials being exactly to the specifications and on time Mm-hmm. So his trick was, I'll get the artist five days before the opening, but the materials <laughs> arrive three days before the opening. <laughs> nice. Because first they're really nervous, and then they're super happy the materials are there. If the, if the material would be there on time, they'd be like, this is not good enough, this is not what I ordered. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, a hack for the artist. Yeah. That's so funny. So they pace oh, around well. for two days, and then they're like, oh, thank you, I love you. <laughs> Well, maybe that's a good point uh, for us to, to end on, which is... Uh, Treat your employee, manip- employees badly and they'll be happy. <laughs> Manipulate artists, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did record some audio while I was at... Um, while I was at the festival. Uh, I recorded, like, lots of different audio. Not sure what to record because I was in a brand new city, but um, I recorded some audio from inside the festival. And I think the one that um, we're going to play you can hear, you know, lots of parts of the festival bleeding into one another. It was a very chaotic space with like, uh, like I said, terrible technology at a technology festival with like, and the space, you know, is not quite right. So you can hear one space's audio leaking into another space and people just talking over top of each other. And it's a big mess. But uh, in that big mess, I think is something beautiful. So give it a listen. And thank you for uh, listening. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. Till next it was week. lovely to it was lovely to meet so many of you there. Actually, so yeah. keep saying hi. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.